This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio studio today. We've uh, got uh, fellow app nerds Graham Williams and also our good friend John Beeler as well. Lots to talk about in the program. Uh, we'll be talking with Shruti Shikhar later on about internet prices and cell phone prices. Are they getting lower? Well, the CRTC has mandated wholesale pricing uh, set limits to the big three or four. And so we're going to see, I think, more competition. We'll find out uh, what it means and when we could see that competition. Uh, We will also be talking about smart speakers. We know uh, Amazon Alexa. We know the Google Home, the Google Assistant. Well, there's a Chinese one as well that uh, is uh, overtaking Google right now. It's uh, pretty fascinating. But guys, let's talk about some of the, uh, the news. The streaming channels are coming. Cable is slowly fading away. <laughs> Do we want to, we'll pour one out for cable. <laughs> so I, I dropped cable this weekend. Hey, congratulations. Oh, Welcome crazy. to the team. Yes. You guys have cable? I do. Yes. I tried to get rid of it, but they made me too good of an offer. <laughs> I, I haven't had cable in about five years. And they kept making me the, the offer that you can't refuse. Like, it's free for six months, and then it's $170. No. I, I literally turned to them, and they're like, but it's free. I'm like, but I don't care. Yeah. I would have dropped it years ago, but my family was still into the cable TV. And then at the end, it's my wife. Who, TLC. Yeah, W Network, Network. Slice, uh, the Food Network. But uh, since Stack TV came out, which is from Chorus, it has all her favorite channels in it. Which and it's is, a, a streaming channel. That's kind of perfect. Yeah, for 12 bucks a month. Now, it, it, it's streaming live, but it also has everything on, on demand. demand. That, it's like, it is even better. That's the secret. Than TV. Yes. Right? Yeah. It, it's, I, I, has, is, has she used it? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is why I dumped cable is because I looked at it and my, my experience was that I was never home to watch stuff when it was supposed to be on. Yeah. Like TV was trying to make a date with me and I'm like, I've got a date with life right now. I'm sorry. I'm just not that into you. I'm, uh, you know what I'm going to do? Mm. I'm going to cut off Stack TV and see how long it takes for her to notice. How, how, much, how much is Stack? 12 bucks. That's not bad. No, you know, it, it is actually really good because you get uh, a whole bunch of channels, W, Slice, uh, Food Network, I think HGTV, and also Global, mm-hmm. which, I mean, if you still want to keep up with all the news and the local stuff going on, it's fantastic. For I, I've been trying to navigate the, uh, like, different individual apps and going to websites to catch like individual content segments. Yeah. So that's one thing that I think I would probably enjoy is being able to turn that on once in a while. Yeah. And I, I started to do the math on this, right? Because when I cut the cord, there weren't a lot of these streaming per month options. So it was very much, if you wanted a TV show, in a lot of cases, the iTunes stuff, literally you bought it and you got the episode the day after and you could watch it anytime you wanted after that, right? You own that show. Yeah. And so I was spending, you know, usually between 30 and $50 for a season of television. And so when you were looking at it, my cable bill, including my internet, used to be around 170, 180 bucks a month. And so that, with that in mind, I was spending about $80 a month on TV content. So as long as I could keep it under that number, I felt like I was actually getting a better experience because no commercials, right? And I, I had the content that I wanted. So you know, now we're looking at this where we've got all of these streaming services and how much am I paying per month in order to kind of get the content that I want on a regular basis. And again, if it's under that $80 a month limit, I feel like I'm doing well. Now, 
who, who are you guys subscribed to? Uh, Stack TV. Stack, yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Crave? Oh, Amazon Prime Video. Yep. Yeah. And which I've been using a lot lately. It's gotten a lot better. There's so, a lot of great content. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny because I kind of take Amazon Prime out of the equation because I'm paying for a Prime subscription for the shipping on Amazon stuff. Uh, you know what? I would pay, even if I didn't get that, I would pay 10 bucks a month for it. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the uh, new original programming is pretty good. Like, I don't know if you've watched The Boys yet. I love that show. It's so, so good. But they have so many other, uh, you know, shows and stuff that I... American like, Gods, Good com- Omens. Good community, omens. Yep. Parks and Recreation. Like, yeah. the kids just sit there and binge that. It's it's awesome. So this is kind of how I've looked at it is um, I've actually started to triage when I want these subscription shows, right? So right now I've got Netflix. So the shows that I have subscribed to, Netflix, Crave, Amazon, that's kind of about it. I, I had Shudder for a while. Uh, you know, during the Halloween season, Shudder is great. It's all horror movies and it's four bu- five bucks a month. And so that's exactly it. You subscribe for a month. Right, get your chunk of content out of that. Crave right now, I'm not touching because Star Trek Discovery is not on. So I'm like, that is your show. But while it's on, I go in and I watch other stuff. I was watching Penny Dreadful and a few other things. So the question is, how many of these can we bear? Yeah, I think we'll probably end up. It's going to get you know kind of close to cable TV again because you know the Disney Plus channel is coming. I think that's nine bucks a month. Uh, November and why I even brought this subject up to begin with is there's uh, uh, been rumors now about Apple's TV Plus subscription service uh, coming in at nine ninety nine per month US. We'll we'll have to see if they'll match that in Canadian or if it's going to be like twelve ninety nine. Uh, but Apple's making a huge push into that. They are spending six, I think it's close to six billion dollars for original content, yeah. and so out of the gate. I think there's only about five shows, like the new Jennifer Aniston one uh, mm-hmm. called Good Morning, I think, uh, which is about a morning show. Steven Spielberg is reviving Amazing Stories, uh, which I used to like that show back I in the day. Show, yeah. If you like uh, Jason uh, Momoa, you know, Aquaman, he's got a show there called uh, uh, C. And there's another one, Truth Be Told, uh, with actress Octavia Spencer. I don't, don't know her that well. I think that Jason Momoa show was filmed in Vancouver, too. Was it? Yeah. So... Six billion dollars they're spending. Obviously, they're a billion dollars a show. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think there's a lot more that uh, they have coming out, but yeah. uh, they will be launching in November, much like Disney Plus, and that's just another streaming channel. Yeah, and honestly, like both of those right now are kind of non-negotiables for me. I'm going to be subscribing from them right off the bat. Disney's got the Mandalorian, right? Which if you like Boba Fett in uh, in Star Wars, this is about a guy very similar to him. So that's kind of a Kind of a cool thing. The trailer looked phenomenal. Yes. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, oh, I don't need Disney. And then I watched that trailer. I'm like, yeah, I have to have Disney now. Yeah. And I mean, and it sounds like they're also going to have all of the Marvel content as well. I mean, the yeah. question in Canada is where is the licensing sitting on that? It feels like they've been pulling all of their stuff off of Netflix. Yeah. So as those licenses expire, they'll go, they'll go over to Disney. But even then, you know, if we're looking, I've got the, the $13.99 Netflix because I've got the 4K version right it's it's you can stream four streams at once which i don't need but the 4k is kind of important to me so netflix crave um you know maybe stack uh disney and um what was the other one there uh apple so we're now at probably around 60 bucks i'm still under my 80 dollars. so i think i think i'm still doing okay Cable's looking like a good deal again. Okay (laughs) we're gonna have to take a break when we come back uh, we'll be talking about chinese smart speakers 
Uh, didn't even know that uh, there were Chinese smart speakers. I kind of did, but I didn't know how big they were uh, becoming. And will our telephone bills and internet rates be going down? You're going to find out. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here in studio. We're going to talk about smart speakers now. And when you think of smart speakers, you probably think uh, Amazon Echo, which is the leader out in the marketplace right now. Number two would be Google, the Google Assistant and the Google Home devices and the Google Nest hubs. And now there's actually a third, but they're not third anymore. They're second. The Chinese search engine and technology company called Baidu, and I'm I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, they are basically the Google of China. John, when you and I were over uh, in China recently, you can't access most of the search engines and social sites that we do here. Google is banned, Facebook, Twitter, everything that we hold near and dear to our heart. <laughs> so we'd have to be using either Baidu or Bing, which somehow works. Works. Yeah, didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to us, but who uses Bing? Nobody. Nobody. Uh, let's talk about Baidu. They are into the smart speaker category as well. They have now overtaken Google as far as the number two spot for smart speakers uh, out there. We've got our good friend Igor Bonifacic from Engadget.com. Igor, what's happening here? I didn't even know they made a smart speaker. Uh, neither did the rest of the world. Uh, so Baidu, uh, they only make smart speakers for the Chinese market, right? But obviously the Chinese market being the biggest or among the biggest um, can, you know, change things significantly. Um, and so they've been able to, in just the past year, go from essentially like non like a non-entity in this market to the second biggest. Um, and Google, by uh, contrast, has dropped to number three. This is an incredible growth. So in the space of a year, they've had a 3,700% year-over-year growth. Uh, they... Uh, went from like 0.1 million units into literally millions of units overtaking Google. Does that surprise you, Igor? Initially it did, right? And then you kind of start thinking about it. And, you know, Google has kind of misplayed this in a lot of ways, right? Like they haven't updated the Google Home in three years. They haven't updated the Google Home Mini in two years. And there's this whole like, is it, a ho- is it a Google Home or is it a Nest, right? Like, um, as you know, like, you know, in Canada, we recently got the Nest Hub, the Google Nest Hub, right? Because and that's not that confusing. Was <laughs> not confusing, right? And the funny thing about this is that actually, like, not even Google employees um, know, like, what to call these things. You know, there's been instances <laughs> in which they've kind of tweeted this, like, amalgamation of a bunch of different names, and it's been a product that doesn't exist. Um, and so... Like, there's just been, you know, like, some mishandling by Google on this part. I think it's part of, like, kind of growing pains as they try to really figure out what they want to do in this space and what they need to do to compete with number one, which is Amazon. So, obviously, Baidu has got their stuff together and within a year is already beating Google. Should should they not be concerned? Don't, don't you think, John? Well, it, it's not really that surprising, though, considering most Google services aren't available to Chinese residents. So it makes Maybe sense. Maybe a pent-up demand there. Well, yeah, and there's certainly some need and there's certainly workarounds to get access to those things, as we found out with our VPNs and things like that. So, um, But I, I think it makes sense to have a localized version of a, of a tool that speaks to them, that understands them probably better than Google does. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Google's going to fare in the next few years. Like you were saying, Igor, uh, I, you know, 
critics would say that they've kind of mishandled the overall growth of, of that particular category. And I think it's an important category, but Amazon is just dominating them. They've created this whole ecosystem with their whole skills library. There's yeah. literally tens of thousands of these things available. I've got both in my house. I've got the Amazon Echo. I've got the Google Home, uh, the Google Nest Home, sorry. <laughs> and, you know, I love them for different things. Like for searching stuff, Google's fantastic. But for for everything else, you know, to work with all my smart devices and just the sheer amount of things you can do with that, the Amazon. That's Alexa. why I went all in on, on uh, Amazon, because it, it was just compatible with more things. And, and Igor, to your point as well, Amazon is continually coming out with new versions of the Am- Amazon Echo slash Alexa category as well. Every year or even less than that, they're coming out with some new different speaker types. Yeah, you know, just like last or earlier this year, they brought the show to Canada. Um, This was after it hadn't been available in a while, right? And the Echo Dot, like, it's interesting because the Echo Dot, you know, is secretly the kind of MVP of that lineup, right? If only because it's so cheap, right? And essentially, with that little uh, speaker, if you don't really care about the music component of it, it just allows you to enter that ecosystem for so little money, right? By contrast, the Google Home Mini is kind of, it lacks in a, like a lot of different ways compared to the, uh, the Mini, right? Uh, uh, or the Dot, excuse me. Um, it doesn't sound as good. You can't mount it to a wall or anything. Um, and then, as you said, you know, like the Amazon slash Alexa ecosystem is just so much more com- comprehensive compared to uh, what you can do with the Assistant. Well, I just find Amazon, uh, and especially because they've really opened it up to developers, you're just getting so much more innovation. Uh, And that's kind of surprising because Google is all about developers, really, because they have the whole Android operating side. But I don't know, like, what what went wrong there? Like, why didn't they kind of open that whole world up for the Google Assistant slash, you know, home side? Uh, I, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see over the next year how well uh, Baidu does as well. But uh, if I had to take a guess, I'm sure that they'll probably kill Google again. Um, I think, you know, like, I would never count Google out, right? Like they obviously know what's at stake, right? Um, And in some ways this is, you know, the future of how people interact with their devices, right? Um, And, you know, what's, I think, you know, what's interesting in this, um, if you look at the the chart uh, that was included with this report, you know, who's missing from this is Apple, right? Like yeah. they're in the other category, right? Where they haven't done anything, right? They're, they're super missing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, let's not get talking about the HomePod. That's like an entirely separate segment on what <laughs> went wrong with the HomePod. But um, all of that to say, I think, you know, like Google knows what's at stake, right? And they're going to come out swinging because this you know, interacting with a a voice assistant and specifically searching with it is their bread and butter. Do do you also think that maybe that, you know, the current and ongoing trade war uh, has sort of soured the the Chinese populace against American products and companies? It's hard to say, but I do think, you know, certainly if there wasn't an inclination before for people to kind of go with the quote unquote homegrown product, I think there certainly is now, right? Where, um, and it's like you mentioned too, like, this device is localized to their needs, right? Like, um, you know, Google might have a lot of expertise in the Chinese language, but it probably doesn't have as much expertise in 
like terms of what that market wants and how that market communicates with these devices as Baidu does, right? This is, Baidu's been doing this for years and years. Um, and so I definitely think that did, um, if not a lot, certainly did play into the equation. We're talking with Igor Bonifacic from Engadget.com, all about uh, Baidu over in China, about their new smart speaker Within a year, they have taken the number two position globally, beating out Google. Amazon's still in the lead. We'll have to see what happens in the coming months and years. Igor, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We've got so much more to talk about on today's program. Of course, our Hot 5 app countdown's coming up next. And uh, we'll also be talking with our good friend Shruti Shakar from MobileSyrup.com all about uh, the new wholesale rates that the CRTC has forced the telecoms to uh, offer. Will it mean cheaper prices uh, for consumers? And how happy are the telecoms about it? We'll find out back after this. You are back with the app show, Mike. Graham and John here today. Later on, we'll be talking about the telcos. They've been mandated to offer specific wholesale pricing to competitive smaller providers. So we're going to find out if that's going to mean lower pricing for us. I can't help but think yes. Uh, But before we get to our Hot 5, which will be coming up, Hot 5 uh, yoga apps. And even if you don't do yoga, you should stay tuned. There's some pretty cool ones that could uh, maybe pique your interest in, in trying it out. But uh, let's learn something about our iPhones. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What do we got, Graham? So this week we've got a great way to set up individual and category app limits. So iOS 12 lets you set up time limits for individual apps and for types of apps like games. So if you've got kids who are playing Fortnite nonstop, guess what? You can give them a time limit. So for individual apps, you launch the settings app on your iPhone or your iPad, tap screen time and then get the screen time graph for that device. Uh, You can see all devices as well to see if kids are playing on their iPads or their iPhones or whatnot. Scroll down to the most used list and tap on an app that you want to set a limit for. Tap add limit, and then you can set the time limit in hours and minutes. Uh, You can also customize that for different days. So perhaps on Friday night, they can play a little bit longer. You can tap add to add that limit. So for category apps, do the same thing. Tap screen time, tap app limits, and then tap all apps and categories. Tap add in the upper right of the screen. You'll be able to customize the days for those different app types and then tap back when you're done. Thank you, Graham. It's that time. The weekly app, Hot 5. This week, it's Hot 5 yoga apps. Uh, You like yoga, I do. Did Did you hear about this young lady in Mexico doing extreme yoga? Extreme yoga. Yeah, so she was on the top can, of a... Can I just tell you, any yoga would be extreme yoga for me. <laughs> She's on the top of a building, yeah. and she fell 25 meters, broke 110 bones in her body. She fell eight stories, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And she's alive. Yes. Three years of recovery, so perhaps maybe use an app and not extreme yoga is what I'm saying here. Let's start with number five. Uh, number five is Down Dog. This is available for Android and iOS. This is a subscription one. It's seven ninety nine a month, but uh, that's a small price to pay uh, for you know regularly updated uh, content. I mean, look at a gym membership. It's a lot more per hmm. month. Okay, so this uh, is a great app for beginners and advanced yogis alike. What's great about this app is that it'll give you a different workout each time rather than asking you to follow pre-recorded videos. The app has 12 main practice areas so you can focus on specific areas or vary them for a more well-rounded experience. The app also features music that rises and falls with your breath. 
Number four on the Hot 5 app countdown this week. Graham, we've got Asana Rebel. Asana Rebel. So this is iOS and Android again at 60 bucks a year or $5 a month. And this takes a bit of a different approach to yoga because it uses high-intensity workouts. So you don't have to trade cardio for yoga. Let's you choose five different types of workouts depending on whether you're trying to burn calories, tone up, or strengthen. It also lets you focus on different parts of your body. And you'll find there are a few other health and wellness features within Asana as well, including meditation exercises, sleep sounds, and music for focus. Number three on the Hot 5 app countdown, we're talking yoga apps. John, you've got Pocket Yoga. Pocket Yoga for Android and iOS is about $3. And it's an app that encourages you to practice yoga wherever you are, whether you're on a business trip, at home, or on vacation. The app features 200 illustrated and guided poses and lets you play your own music during your practice. You can preview the sequence that Pocket Yoga sets out to you as you make sure it's the right fit for your needs and location. It also features a glossary of poses so you can learn their names and proper positions. We're number two on the Hot 5 app countdown this week. We're talking yoga apps. Graham, we've got the 5-Minute Yoga app. So 5-Minute Yoga, this is again Android and iOS, and it's free, but there are premium plans available. So this is for beginners or for individuals who don't have time to commit to a longer practice. This is a perfect solution. It features simple poses and a timer to help you stay on schedule. Well, this is great just to see if you even could uh, use an app yeah. to do yoga. So, Bite-sized yoga. Yeah, free, free to, to try out. Number one, is daily yoga for Android and iOS. This one subscription as well, $13 a month. Uh, daily yoga is one of the most in-depth yoga apps you'll come across featuring 500 plus asanas, 200 plus guided practices, Pilates workouts, and even meditation. It also offers workout plans to help you achieve your fitness goals through yoga. And you can choose between three intensity levels. The app connects directly with Apple Health, making it easy to keep track of your workouts if you're in the Apple ecosystem. When we come back from the break, will our uh, internet and telephone prices uh, go down? Well, if the CRTC has uh, uh, done a correct job, they hopefully will. We'll be talking with Shruti Shikhar from MobileSyrup.com. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here in studio today. Do you pay too much for internet? I think we can all say yes. Uh, compared to a lot of other developed uh, developed nations, uh, we have some of the higher rates in the world. That might be changing. The CRTC has apparently forced the telcos to offer uh, better wholesale rates uh, to, I guess, lower tier providers. To help us understand what this all means and will it mean cheaper internet, we've got Shruti Shakar from MobileSyrup.com. Thanks for joining us. Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, are we going to get cheaper internet? Uh, I mean, I, I, it's possible. It's very possible, but I don't know yet. I mean, that the that's the hope, right? That's what we're hoping for. And so, what what happened here? What what are the details of uh, this decision? Okay, so I'm going to break it down a little bit first, so that people kind of understand what wholesale rates mean. I mean, I'm, it's a pretty common terminology, but just to be clear that everyone really understands this. So wholesale rates are actually paid by competitors and not the big, big uh, companies like, you know, you've got your Rogers, uh, your uh, Bell, your Telus, your Shaw. Uh, they're usually paid by tech savvy, distributal, you know, smaller incumbents, smaller players who don't necessarily have all the money and footing to pay for infrastructure. So what essentially happens is these companies will um, pay a certain rate to access the network of some of these companies. Um, and for a very long time, these rates have been excruciatingly high. Essentially, 
um, so high that some of these companies aren't even able to access uh, these networks. Now, for a very long time, they've been fighting for cheaper rates because they're saying that, you know, if we don't have access to the networks, we're not able to provide better services or different services uh, at cheaper rates, and we won't be able to have uh, this thing called fostering competition in Canada. Uh, now, the argument is from the big companies, Bell, Telus, Shaw, Rogers. They say that, you know, we've spent so much money on infrastructure for the networks. Why should we be lowering our wholesale rates for these companies who are just going to latch onto our network and use our network and use all the hard-earned money that we've spent, basically the money that they've taken from their customers, to build out these networks? So that's the nutshell of the story. Now, what has happened is that the CRTC... Uh, has actually now set final wholesale rates for access to these networks. Um, and the rates are incredibly low, uh, very, very low to the point where the big companies are suggesting cutbacks and suggesting big hits into their investments um, that they've already made. Uh, and so just to you know, kind of give you a breakdown, these are some numbers that, are, that might go over people's heads, but I'm just going to say it anyways. Um, the CRTC said that the monthly capacity rates are now going to be 15% to 43% lower than the interim rates, um, and access rates are going to be 3% to 77% lower than the interim rates. So that's, in layman's term, it's big. It's a big deal. It's so big to the point where companies like Distributel, Tech Savvy, the smaller companies are joyous. They're very happy because yeah, they're no like, kidding. listen, now we have access, but it's 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 crazy. It's 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 huge deal. Uh, this is interesting because you know I, I you know looking at the the prices out there, I, I feel maybe uh, my internet rates are high. So I compared that to tech savvy, for example, and for the kind of the exact same upload and download speed, it was at least twenty dollars cheaper a month. Which you know over a couple of years, that's you know about five hundred bucks. Yeah, and you know the the goal and the aim for a while now is to get those internet bills down, is to get those cell phone rates down, and this is a very big possibility that we will get those um, those rates down. the The bad side to all of this is now what Bell is trying to do with its cutbacks, what Rogers and Kojiko, Videotron, um, all of these other companies, what they're trying to do is that they're saying, listen, now we're incurring millions of dollars of uh, you know, uh, issues or what's the word that I'm looking for that I can't think of right now, uh, not cutbacks, but, um, they're going to be facing this, this millions of dollars of charge on, on themselves because they have to pay back whatever amount that, that they owe. And it's, it's going to be a problem for the rollout of internet for a lot of customers that are actually on bell networks that are on in rural areas in areas where there isn't even internet services like in the North. Um, and I think that's I think that's a, a big issue when you have companies like Bell, Telus, Rogers saying that, you know, we're going to be incurring these costs. We're going to be incurring these prices. And then Bell saying, oh, we're going to cut back our rollout to 200,000 homes in the north and in rural areas. It's a pretty it's a pretty big issue. And um, I think it's pretty concerning. Do you, do you think that's them crying wolf, though? They're 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 whining that they're they're losing some of their profit. Oh, 100 percent. Oh, 100 percent. They are. I mean, they make so much money already. So this is definitely them saying, listen, like if you're going to cut back and you're going to say this is how much it's going to be government, we're going to cut back as well. It's 100 percent that that's that's exactly what they've done. 
Um, I don't know how that cutback will necessarily affect the smaller companies. I'm actually not entirely sure how that would affect them. But um, at the end of the day, Distributel and Tech Savvy are, are, are super happy with this decision. And they're, they're excited because now they actually can have a footing in, in the door. And they, they're like, listen, like we've worked really hard to try and get small, like cheaper services for, for customers. And now we actually can offer those cheaper services. So it's a good thing for customers. But at the same time, Bell is now saying, hey, listen, we're not going to uh, pour our money into infrastructure anymore because we're going to we're going to have this issue. We're, we're going to cut back 200,000 homes. And, and that's still, kind of an they're still getting paid. <laughs> so no, I know. But, you know, I think I think this is a good thing when the government steps in on, on situations like this. I mean, uh, in fairness, yes, they're pouring billions into infrastructure, but they've had a pretty good run along the way. They yes. haven't had huge amounts of competition and they all seem to be the same price, weirdly. It, yeah. Uh, so we can I don't think this same. is going to sink Rogers or Bell or TELUS tomorrow. Uh, it's going to give these uh, smaller guys uh, more of a level playing field. They can actually come in with some cheaper prices. But you have to realize too, if they suddenly get, you know, crazy amounts of numbers, their costs are going to go up because they have support issues and that. So it's kind of kind of equal out. I think it's not going to be like half the price or anything like that. You know, with Tech Savvy, it was 20 bucks cheaper a month. It was not 100 bucks. It was like 80 or 85 bucks. So uh, again, they've got costs as well. So the more subscribers they get on, their costs are going to go up too. So you're not going to see the big guys going out of business anytime soon. No, and I don't. Agree. I don't. I don't think they will either. I mean, and at the end of the day, too, you know, the government actually came out with a statement and said that despite the cutbacks or despite the the impact that uh, this will have on the big companies, by you know, with Rogers, it's 140 million. Kojiko says it'll be 25 million. Bell says it's 100 million. All of these impacts that these companies are facing, the government is still suggesting, like, look, this is our priority. This is our number one priority. We want to make sure that uh, customers have lower cell phone bills. Um, and also, one of the pledges that the government has made is that they want to connect 100% of Canadians to high-speed internet by 2030. And that's not a far away time from now. Like, we're in 2019. That's, like, that's really near, you know? That's, like, 10 years away. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't see this is going to affect the big companies all that much. I do see that it's going to really help smaller companies like Distributel, Tech Savvy, and any other smaller company that uh, is in this space. And I think that it's going to offer more options for Canadians. You know, I think for a very long time, we've just stuck with the same options for a very long time. If you're a new immigrant, you come into Canada and you're like, oh, where should I go? Should I go to um, Fido? Oh, okay, eventually I'll go to Rogers. Oh, should I go to TELUS? Uh, and then, or should I go to Bell? So it's like you have only a few options, and now those options are just going to get larger. Well, with internet, I mean, typically in every market, there's only two real incumbents. Here in Western Canada, it would be Shaw and Telus. So again, exactly. they've had a good run, and you can't tell me that uh, you know they're going to just drop all their uh, commitments to getting the North set up. I mean, no. If the government even legislated that, it's not like Telus. Where Shaw's going to say, I'm shutting the whole thing down. <laughs> There's, you know, oh, maybe they're going to lose $100 million uh, but, uh, with this new wholesale thing. But they're making billions. Yeah. They're making billions of dollars. Skimming off the top. Yeah. A hundred percent. And again, like you said, like, you know, even if the government 
does something like this, I don't I don't think that they would necessarily, you know, close shop and be like, all right, bye, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. guys They're doing you guys, OK. You guys do your thing. We're just going to go like they, they have invested so much money already on so many other services that they're going to say, OK, so this is what's going to happen. And, you know, all of these companies have suggested like we're still evaluating. We're still trying to see how this is really going to affect our business. Um, so I, I think we'll just have to see. I think in, in the future we will see cheaper prices. We will see more options, 100%. Um, but what that's going to look like between the big players and the smaller players, it'll, it'll definitely be something that we'll, we'll want to keep an eye out for. We're talking with our good friend Shruti Shikar from MobileSyrup.com. It is a great website. If you haven't had a chance to go there, uh, she's got fantastic articles uh, and they've got everything on the latest mobile and tech news, tips, tricks, rates uh, for cell phones. You name it, they have it. Thanks for joining us, Shruti. Thanks for having me. When we come back from the break, more apps to talk here, more apps to talk about here on the App Show. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. We're going to uh, find out what John's favorite app is of the week in a moment, but let's get our game app of the week. So this is a game that I found yesterday and I was actually talking with the developer on Reddit. Um, I found this on the uh, Reddit uh, subreddit app hookup. Uh, This is super 80s world, right? So the idea here is that you rewind time to the 1980s in this mobile platformer. Uh, There's a guy named Dr. Noid Wormser. He hates the 1980s and is trying to erase the decade. Oh my God, that was the best decade. Right? So you have to go and uh, recapture all of these pop culture moments. You have to go collect floppy disks, video games, movies. Uh, It is a side-scrolling platformer. It starts off with a single button, which is on the right side of the screen, and that's for jump as you're moving left to right. And you quickly gain more powers like sliding and flipping. There's a really cool 80s soundtrack. A regular price on it, I think, is around five bucks Canadian, but it's on right now for a buck 39. And uh, we'll, we'll post a link up on our social channels. But I'm having a ton of fun playing this game. The name again? Uh, Super 80s World. Let's uh, go over to John now. What is your favorite app of the week? Can you draw, Mike? Very poorly. Me too. But in my mind, I think I can draw like a champ. I'm pretty sure I can't draw it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, my favorite app this week is called Sketch AR. It uses augmented reality to help you learn how to draw. Okay. So uh, you learn to draw by using... Augmented reality, uh, you can project a drawing onto a piece of paper. So you're using your phone uh. and then you basically trace to learn the muscle memory that you need to do for drawing certain things. You'd probably want your phone on a tripod probably, or something yeah. instead of holding it. So you can it. hold the paper and you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's just a really clever way of using augmented reality to help you understand what an artist has to go through to learn to draw properly. That's called Sketch AR, uh, again, uh, with uh, free with premium features. That's all the time we have left. Don't forget to visit getconnectedmedia.com. We've got uh, all our app show podcasts up there and even the video versions of our show as well. You can see what we look like in living color. I want to thank John and Graham for uh, doing the show with me today. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.